What's going on everyone? Anthony Drew Gary here. It's Wednesday and it's time for this week's video. This past week, Brad and Jonathan from the Choose FI podcast, which stands for Choose Financial Independence, featured a blog post that I wrote about negotiating and understanding a job offer. And I will link to their podcast in my video description so that you can check out the Choose FI podcast. It's a great show. I highly recommend you check it out. About a year and a half ago, I was interviewing for a new career opportunity, and during the interview process, I started compiling a list of all of the different things that somebody might negotiate during a job offer besides compensation, and I want to run through the highlights of that list today. So rather than reading everything from the blog post, I'm going to hit the highlights, but I will also link to the full blog post in my video description so that you can check that out later. Before I get started, if you like the videos I'm producing and you want to keep seeing more of them, please share them with your friends and also click the subscribe button on the bottom right corner of the screen. And please also like and comment on the videos. If you send in your comments, I will respond to each one of them and I will also give you a shout out on a future video. It's important to note that before you start negotiating your job offer, you want to make sure that you understand everything that they're offering you. And you can use this list as a good way to formulate your questions, but you want to make sure that you don't negotiate anything until you understand everything. Let's take start date, for example. Rather than saying, I would like to start on November 3rd, is that okay? You can ask the question, are you flexible on start date? And start date might be important to you. Maybe you want to take a couple of weeks off so that you can fix some things around the house. Or maybe you want to get a vacation in between one job uh, ending and the next job beginning. Pay periods are also important to understand. You need to know how frequently you're going to be paid. And even more importantly, you need to know if pay is going to be current or in arrears. This is specifically important when you start the job. If you're leaving a company where the pay is current and you're heading toward a company where the pay is in arrears and you plan to take any time off between the two, you could end up going a month or more without a paycheck, and so this is something you need to make sure that you're covered for. Next, we'll talk about number of vacation days. If a company can't give you that extra salary that you're looking for, but they can give you an extra week or two off, is that good enough for you? And on the flip side to that, if a company is stingy on their vacation up front, let's say they only want to give you 10 days, maybe you can try to anchor your vacation needs based on prior obligations, Say that you have 15 to 17 days worth of, of vacation commitments already planned for the year and use that as a negotiation against their 10 days and hopefully you can get that number above 10. And if you spend time volunteering, you may want to talk about whether the volunteer days count as vacation days or you have specific days that are dedicated to volunteering. For health, dental, and vision insurance, find out what is provided and how much it costs. You'll need to compare this to whatever coverages you already have and dive deep into this and make sure you understand all of the costs involved. Also find out when these benefits start because not all companies start them on day one. Sometimes you have to wait as much as 90 days. If your particular company offers a high deductible health insurance plan with a health savings account, make sure you understand if they provide any matching to your HSA or if you have the ability to invest your HSA funds, just things that you want to know on the health insurance front. Find out if the company provides a life insurance policy. Companies that do this usually provide one to three times your salary 
as a life insurance benefit and you get to name the beneficiary and this should come at no cost to you. Additionally, if you have the ability to buy life insurance through the employer's sponsored provider, make sure that you're comparing that cost to whatever you might be able to get on the open market. You don't want to pay more for life insurance just because it's available through your employer. Ask about technology used for the job. Are they going to provide you a cell phone, a laptop, a tablet, or anything else you might need? If there are certain technologies that you want or certain softwares that you're familiar with and want to use to maybe make the job a little better or do something above and beyond, make sure that you ask for those types of things up front. Find out if your company has company vehicles or transportation reimbursement. This may be very industry specific, but it's still worth mentioning. Make sure you know how the performance review program works and upfront you can ask for a range of annual increases and bonuses for similarly skilled employees over the past few years just so you have some sort of expectation that you talked about on the front end to compare it to once you've been with the company one, two, three years just to make sure that they're treating you consistently with what they told you. And if their compensation adjustments are in December, for example, and you start in June, are you eligible for a review after the five months? Or do you have to wait until 17 months have passed and you've hit an entire calendar year and then hit the December performance reviews? If you're going after a sign-on bonus, I recommend tying it back to a specific event unless sign-on bonuses are common in your industry. For example, if you leaving your current employer causes you to lose some of your unvested portion in your 401k, that might be an opportunity to negotiate a sign-on bonus to cover what you're going to lose when you leave the company. And while we're talking about 401ks, you can dive into the 401k plan or whatever similar type of plan the new employer has. You want to know who manages the account. When do you get to start contributing? Do they match? What sort of funds are available? Do you have any flexibility in, in choosing the funds? What is the vesting schedule? And if any of these terms are foreign to you, do me a favor and hit a comment on the video and I can do a video that dives really deep into just 401ks. When thinking about wellness, sometimes companies will cover gym memberships, adjustable desks, or similar types of perks. The most important thing I can think of tied to wellness is to learn about your company's maternity and paternity programs if you're thinking about being in that phase of life. For continuing education, is there a tuition reimbursement policy for your company? And do you have to meet certain requirements in order to be eligible for that? Learn how that works. And find out if the company pays for seminars, conferences, leadership programs, or anything similar. And note that not all continuing ed needs to happen outside the company or even at a cost to the company. Find out how the company handles mentoring from within. You want to make sure that you have a support system in the, at the new company that you're headed toward. What does your office environment look like? Will you have an office, a cubicle, or a co-working space? Can you work remotely? Do you even have to show up at the office? Can you work from home? Can you work from a coffee shop? And along these lines of where you work, you need to, to talk about when you work to set those expectations. I've personally never met somebody who enjoys driving in traffic, and so if you can avoid that and it makes sense to you, try to do it. Maybe you can work seven to fours or nine to sixes instead of eight to fives to alleviate some of that traffic jam. And it might also make sense, depending on, on what sort of industry you're in, to talk about 
the expectation on the number of hours worked per week. You don't want to find out that you're a salaried employee and the expectation is 80 hours a week when you negotiated a salary and all of your benefits on thinking that you're only going to work 40 to 50 hours a week. Think about the management team and who you will report to. Have you met and spent a lot of time with that person and do you have a good feel of who they are and if you're going to get along with them? You're going to spend a lot of time with that person so you want to make sure that you get along. And the same goes in reverse. If you're going to be in a management position and you have direct reports, do you get along with those people? Because you're going to spend a ton of time with them. If you're looking at a position that expects you to travel, you want to learn about the expectations there and know up front how many nights per month you're going to be expected to sleep in a different bed than your own. And along those lines, if you book your travel personally, do you get a company credit card to do that or do you get to use your own cards? I've evolved on this issue over the years. I moved from a company where everything was on a corporate card to a company where I get to book my own travel on my own card. And the credit card hacking opportunities here are really good. In fact, I don't think my family has paid for a hotel stay since I started with the new company just because I've been able to use points. There are other intangibles that you can inquire about as well. Maybe the company will pay for some of your subscriptions or licensing fees, professional fees, things like that. Some companies have negotiated discounts with outside vendors or retailers, commonly cell phones, things like that. Some companies offer referral bonuses if you recruit others in the future. And maybe this company will hire interns one day. Maybe you know somebody. Maybe it's your own children. Uh, things that you can think about that don't really tie into the offer itself, but could be beneficial in the future. All right, I know I just threw a lot of information at you. Again, the link to the blog post that has all of this written down will be in the video description. So if you didn't catch everything on the first pass, that's okay. You can catch it later on. Pick and choose the items to negotiate that mean the most to you. Not everything in every industry is going to be applicable to all of the things that are in this list. So make sure that you're focusing on what means the most to you and what's appropriate to your industry. This list isn't truly the ultimate guide yet, but I have aspirations that maybe one day it can be. So give me your feedback. What needs to be added? What didn't I do properly? Maybe there are some things that you've thought about that aren't on this list and they could benefit somebody else. This is all about sharing knowledge and making sure that people can get the best for them and their families. Again, if you like the video, comment and leave me a review. Until next week, take care.